0: Hey there, sports fans. This is Chris sitting behind the sports desk at uh, the Secret Origins of Main Condition. And as always, I am joined by our expert, Joe. Joe, say hi.
1: Hi, folks. Hi, sports fans. The baseball season has started. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and the hockey playoffs are coming. This is uh, what a great time to be a, a sports fan.
0: <laughs> it, it is the mo- It is truly the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so, uh, no, we're we're glad to be here. We're coming to you. This is going to be an actual sports short, just because we're we're a little short on time. But there is a lot we want to get to. And again, we're 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 going to try, y'all. We're going to try to to keep recording more regularly. So, um, where would you like to start today, Joe?
1: Well, uh, um, I think we should start with the, uh, the the NHL playoffs, right? Because the baseball season has just begun. We're we're you know we're on the precipice of the playoffs. So, Chris, could you? Uh... Could you uh tell us about uh about that? You see sure, that what I'm hearing is don't bury, bury the lead. lead. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, right. Don't bury the lead. Yeah,
0: so there's there's a bunch of things to get to in the NHL. Um I do want to start briefly by saying for anybody who is possibly in the area to catch a PHF game, which is the premier hockey federation, it was formerly the National Women's Hockey League. Um, they're a professional hockey league and uh and they're playing some exciting hockey, or they will be. They just finished wrapped up their season uh, with the Isabel Cup, but they're going to they're going to double their salary cap uh, to one point five million next year, which is obviously not nothing approaching professional male sports. But I got to tell you, some of these women are they could easily compete in the NHL, easily compete. So if you happen to be in the area of like the Metropolitan Riveters or the Buffalo Buttes, uh, go catch a game. It costs almost nothing, and you're going to see some good hockey. Um, so I wanted to bring up the fact that, that, that it's going to get more interesting with salary cap being doubled to 1.5 million because um, obviously players being played more, they can, they can afford to keep people around longer. Uh, some of the women can, you know, it's, it's more likely they're going to be able to pull in women from other countries to play for them. So some pretty cool stuff happening with the PHF that I've started following. But uh, that's sort of a brief, there's not a lot I know about the league other than I get to watch some really cool highlights. Uh, hoping to change that next year, but to the NHL. So um, most of the teams at this point are locked in. So brief rundown, uh, starting with the Eastern Conference, Boston has run won the president's trophy. What that means is they have scored more league points than anybody else in the league, and it's not even close. They're at 127 league points, and the next wow. closest team is Carolina with 109. Um, that means that Boston is locked into the overall the first overall seed in the Eastern Conference, which means they're gonna play the number two wild card, okay? Um, and then uh, we've got Toronto and Tampa because Boston is already locked into the number one seed. Uh, and the way the playoffs work is the number one seed from each conference plays against one of the two wild card spots and then the two and three teams from each division, play each other so toronto and tampa are locked into a first round uh playoff matchup which uh, which they had last year so it'll be uh it'll be a rematch of last year and i know toronto's really looking forward to it because they would really like to get that that particular monkey off their back and make it to the second round especially against mm-hmm. a team like tampa who is has really been fading here um so that's the atlantic division the metropolitan mm-hmm. division which i know you all are most interested in mm-hmm. uh, carolina currently sits in first place however they only have 109 points. They actually lost to the Sabres. Today is April 8th, Saturday. Uh, it's the first time in NHL history that all of the teams in the NHL are playing today. All on the same day.
1: Really? First time in the history of the league? Really? First
0: time in the history of the league that it wow. happened. So, um, <clears throat> and obviously it was intentional. It's not a mistake. The schedule was born to make a mistake like that. Um, so, yeah, so there's hockey all day today. But Carolina already lost 4-3 to the Sabres today. So now they're sitting at 109. The Devils are one point back of them. Uh, and the the after today, because the, the Devils do play Boston tonight, um, the ca- ca- the Hurricanes will still have a game in hand. But uh, the Devils actually have a chance to to jump them for the conference uh, the conference leads or the excuse me the, the division lead. I I mm-hmm. personally think Carolina will still win it, um, but the Devils do have a shot at it and it's something they're interested in, but not too too interested in because basically at this point locked in at third are the rangers. The Rangers have 104 points yeah, having played 79 games. <laughs> yep. So the Rangers are basically locked into th- into third place at this point. Nobody's going to catch them. Um it's possible they overtake the Devils or Carolina. It's even possible they win the division, but it's really unlikely. They're they're 4 points back of the Devs. They're 5 points back of Carolina having played 79 games. Um and they'll be playing they'll be playing uh, a little later tonight against Columbus, which is a likely two points. Um, but worth mentioning that you know they're, they're it's unlikely that they even if they get out of third place they probably don't get out of second so they're pretty pretty well locked into that that sec that first round matchup against uh, the number two or the number three seed and then in the wild card spots uh Buffalo is still technically on the running but they really they blew it the other night when they they lost to Florida in regulation that was basically a four point swing for them so at this point really vying for those those last two spots in the Eastern Conference, Pittsburgh, who is ju- who just they stacked points up early, but they have not been playing well. Honestly, they don't belong in the playoffs. Um, they might make it anyway with ninety points, but then Florida is right behind them with eighty-nine in a game in hand, and the Islanders are also right behind them with eighty-nine points in a game in hand. The only reason the Islanders are currently sitting outside the playoffs is because Florida has one more regulation win than the Islanders do, despite having equal points in the standings. Um, so it's looking very likely. So it's either it's going to be Pittsburgh, Florida, and Islanders, two of those three. My guess is it's going to be Florida finishing strong and, and the Islanders uh, being carried on the back of Ilya uh, uh, Sorokin. So um, so that's who we're looking at in the Eastern Conference In the Western Conference. Almost everything is locked up at this point. Uh, Colorado, Avalanche, uh, Dallas Stars, Minnesota Wild, they're all locked in for the Central Division. They're not locked into their spots yet, so there's still some position jockeying that's going on. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights will probably win the conference. Uh, they've got 106 points, so they'll probably be the the number one overall seed. Um, and then Edmonton and the LA Kings, uh, they've locked in their spots. Seattle Kraken, this is their second year in the league, and they went from missing the playoffs last year entirely to making it uh they're they're locked in, they're locked into a spot. So their second year in uh Second year in existence, and they're in a playoff spot. They're being chased. Well, they're not being chased. They're already locked in. Uh, The remainder of the chase is Winnipeg, Calgary, and Nashville. Um, Nashville does have a game in hand, but Winnipeg and Calgary both have 89 points, whereas Nashville only has 88. So, uh, again, two of those three teams – well, one of those three teams actually is going to make it. So there's some meaningful hockey being played right now. Um, That's where we are in terms of the playoffs. Um, They start on Monday, April 17th, so super exciting. Um, I do have a little bit of insight into some of the matchups we care about. Uh, if you cool. care for me to share, but I know I've been talking for uh, for a minute here.
1: No, uh, you have some insight into uh, the uh, Rangers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I want to hear it then. <laughs> sure. Um, but before we get to that, I do want to talk about something that I think you'll find interesting, even though it'll never happen.
1: <laughs> oh, I like these.
0: these okay. So it has been the, the the right now there. It's called the Tank for Bedard. Um, which is Connor Bedard is easily, he's going to be the first overall pick of the NHL draft. He is a once in a generation talent. Um, he is, you know, the way Connor McDavid has dominated the NHL. It's very likely Connor Bedard does the same thing. So, um, so right now, the way that the draft works is that the, there's a lottery and um, basically your odds of getting the number one pick are better, the worse off that you are, the worse your record is by the end of the season. So, Tanking isn't very interesting, and the players don't want to do it. Players and coaches don't want to do it. They want to protect their jobs, and also they've got pride, whereas ownership and management, they would like a better draft pick, and so would fans. At this point, you're playing meaningless hockey, so why bother winning? But that sucks, frankly, for the fans that attend and for the fans who watch. So this is a suggestion that was put out there by uh, Sean, Sean uh, McIndoo, and one of his readers, Drew. Uh, this is for The Athletic. Um, it was suggested that the NHL draft be changed. So that instead of getting the best odds of getting your draft pick and just having basically you know balls in a in a drum and then whichever one gets picked that's how you get your draft pick, mm-hmm. uh, instead the worst team in the NHL gets to pick a representative in the playoffs, and then mm-hmm. the order in which the uh, and then obviously the second worst team gets to pick their representative and you do this until all the teams are chosen, which there are sixteen of them total, okay. And then the order in which the representatives finish in the playoffs determines the draft order. So whoever won the Stanley Cup and whichever team picked that team as their, like, representative in the Stanley Cup playoffs, they get the number one overall pick. Interesting. I know it'll never happen, but I think it would be a lot of fun. I think that it would – there'd be reason for other fans to be watching the playoffs in the first place. And, yeah, there's some chance involved. But I don't know. I think it's interesting.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. uh, uh, baseball's uh, uh, playing with uh, the uh, the pick also. Uh, with, uh, with If uh, teams are playing, if they bring up guys sooner, they're going to reward major league teams in, in draft picks. So that's why you saw that. See,
0: one. like that's yeah. – and that, to me, that, that kind of thing makes makes it real interesting. Yes, um, because
1: these don't let these kids languish down there for you know, all that service. We don't want to start this clock on their service time. No, people want to see the kids – uh, it, it infuses, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, uh, energy into the game, into the team. So yeah, they're going to be rewarded. So good. good, good, good yeah. in baseball.
0: So no, I think that's great about baseball. I know the NHL never do it. It's just something I think about, but <laughs> I just wanted to get that out while y'all were paying attention, but <laughs> the Rangers, <laughs> the Rangers. Okay. So the devils and the Rangers, I would argue are all but locked into a first round matchup against each other. Okay. Um, it's likely the Islanders will be playing either Boston or Carolina. Now, again, based on what I talked about in the standings, that can definitely change. But I, <clears throat> excuse me, I personally think unless Boston sits uh, has a bunch of healthy scratches tonight because there's not a lot left for them to play for, mm-hmm. I just don't think it it happens for the Devils to overtake them. And I definitely don't think the Rangers will. Um, the Devils play Boston, then they play Buffalo, and Buffalo just beat Carolina uh, earlier today. So, like Buffalo is. They're finishing strong. And then we've got Washington, who they're not a good team, but they they do sometimes give us fits. Um, so with all of that locked in, you know, I think what could be really interesting moving forward here um, is – hold on one second, Joe. i got to pause. Hang on. Okay. So it is possible definitely that the, the Devils overtake Carolina for the first seed, um, but I, I just don't think it's likely. So if we're looking at the Devils and the Rangers, I will say I think that's a matchup the Devils like. Um, I think they certainly prefer it to playing against the Islanders. If, if the devils were to take the number ones, the, the, the number one spot in the, uh, in the metropolitan division, um, they would play one of those, those three teams that I listed earlier, uh, the Islanders, the Penguins or the Panthers. I think they would be fine playing the Panthers, or the pens. I don't think they want to play against the Islanders. I think Sorokin is just, He's just supercharged. In, cur- in fact, currently he leads all goalies in goalie performances relative to workload. And what that means, basically, it's uh, Shana Goldman who would come up with the with the the numbers via that metric. But basically, um, you know, it's great if you make it's it's great if you make uh, thirty saves on thirty one shots. Um, you know, but if you make 10 saves on 10 shots, that's arguably a better performance. It's not your fault you faced fewer shots. It's a good thing. That's the defense. So uh, so goalie performances relative to workload basically takes into uh, consideration sort of that context, right? And Ilya Sorokin leads all goalies. Um, it's 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 really impressive what he's done this season. This is what we talked about, Joe, uh, on the podcast last year when we were talking about the Islanders and some of their weaknesses. Uh, Sorokin being injured really, you know, it really hurt them. It hurt them. Um, but Sorokin is a goalie who can just stonewall you and, and break you down in a game, and then that lets the Islanders score one goal and and still win. You know, score two goals and still win. Yeah. Um, it's what the Devils got used to in their history for a really long time. With a guy like Marty Brodeur. And Marty and, Brodeur
1: yeah, great. yeah, and they
0: would only need to score one, maybe two goals to mm-hmm. win a game. And that's why they kept losing for the past decade, was because they didn't have the goaltending for it. Well, the Islanders do, but they also score goals. So um, I don't think the Devils want to see them. I think the Devils, even though uh, it's, I think right now some of us are underestimating the Rangers, I think the Devils want that matchup. I think the Rangers are in a little bit of a tough spot right now. So if you look at them matched up, um, the clear goalie advantage goes to the Rangers. There's no doubt. Uh, Shosturkin, though, you know, I think Sorokin is set to be the Shosturkin of this playoffs uh, because last year Shosturkin carried the Rangers on his back. Yeah, other guys chipped in, but like Shosturkin was a brick wall. You know, you were calling him, I can't remember, you were calling him Plastic Man, right?
1: Yeah, Plastic Man, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, because he was everywhere. And he he's playing well this season. And in fact, he's, um, I want to say he's, I think, Fourth overall or maybe fifth overall in goalie performances relative to workload. He's not terribly far behind Sorokin. Um, but he's not superhuman this season, which he shouldn't mm-hmm. have to be, right? Uh this is where we talk about like Aaron Judge, where it's like, yeah, he had a superhuman season. You can't count on that every season, and you shouldn't have to. If you're counting on that every season to win a championship, you're you're doing it wrong, right? Yeah,
1: yeah um, definitely.
0: Yeah. So I think there's, it's definitely a clear goalie advantage to the Rangers. Absolutely. Vitek Vanacek's our number one. Um, he's been playing well, but he's been, it's, it's been, there's some bonker saves that he makes, but usually it's like, it's the adequate play combined with our, our offense, uh, you know, that, that, that makes that work, that makes VTech look good. So clear clear goalie advantage to the Rangers. There is a clear offensive advantage to the Devils. Uh, the Devils just have mo- more goal scorers, higher goal scorers. Uh, they're fast. Um, so when they, when they come, when they get chances, those high danger chances are, are you know, if you can't limit them, you're going to pay. That, that, that puck's going to find the back of the net um you know we haven't had a lot of trouble doing that since december so um so i think clear off and and that's not to say that the rangers offense is not good it's just they're not they're not as much of a threat as the the devils seem to be um the special teams is split because the rangers are better on the power play but the devils are better on the penalty kill um and the the the, the the difference between the two of them, the gap, is greater in the penalty kill. In other words, yes, the the Rangers are better on the power play, but not by much. The Devils are better on the penalty kill, and by more than that, not much. Um, but it, So I think what it will likely come down to, because right now I've said goalie advantage, Rangers, offensive advantage, Devils, special teams split. I think what it really comes down to is who's, who plays better defense. And here's why I say that. I say that because the Rangers really need to clog up neutralize and they need to take away the devil's speed game. If they can stop the devils from entering at speed, you know, Ooh. if Jack Hughes is going to be breaking in all the time, if Timo Meyer is breaking in, um, the Rangers just don't stand a chance. But if they can clog up the neutral zone and if they can make it harder for devils to, use their speed game because there isn't a lot of open ice. If they have to dump the puck in and then chase it into the offensive zone, um, they stand a, a much, much better chance. That's that's the way teams have beaten the Devils this season is by taking away their speed game. Um, but on the other flip side of that that defensive coin, whereas the Rangers need to take away the Devils' speed game, the Devils need to limit the number of quality chances Rangers get on Vitek Vanacek. Vanacek makes good saves, but if you're getting close on him and you're getting rebounds – you're going to put goals past them. You're going to put bucks past them. If the Devils can can maintain um, disciplined defense, excuse me, and keep the shooting chances for the Rangers fewer and farther in between, and also from the outside, don't let them get low. Don't let them get close to that. That's, that's the Devils' key to victory. So I think that's why, ultimately, if the Devils and the Rangers see each other in the playoffs in this first round, um, A, it's going to be really supercharged because this is actually a series worth watching, uh, which it has that's not been the case since 2012, when the Devils beat the Rangers uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, and that was when you know the Devils had had some good young players like Adam Henrique. They had Ilya Kovalchuk, the Russian superstar sniper, um, and then of course you know the Rangers had yet another amazing goaltender in uh, in uh, King Henrique. So uh, you know I think this is where. Uh, it's it's cool to see this this battle get back to to what it used to be, um, or or really entering a new chapter uh, of the of the rivalry. Um, but I do think that that series will come down
1: t- down to defense. Interesting. Now I have a question. Yeah. Um, how do you take away the speed game in hockey? I mean, you can't. It's not like the N- the NFL where you can, you can put two guys on a on on a receiver, right? You can't do that. Oh no, you can do that. You, you can, can do absolutely that. do that. Right, you don't right, want guys
0: get you don't want guys getting behind you, right? But yeah, I... what the Rangers can do is so sometimes when you're playing defense, you you have a couple of guys who sort of drift back into the into your own zone, so nobody gets behind you. Idea. Okay, yeah. Okay, um, but what the Rangers can do is if the Rangers clog up neutral ice, just throw a bunch of bodies out there into mm-hmm. neutral ice that that center ice, right? It mm-hmm. means the Devils can't enter at speed. There's just there's just not enough room because there are too many bodies. Okay. And when they do that, uh, I don't think you want to converge too hard on a player. But if you can take away, because this is what you know with, with the with the power play, for example, when you're on the penalty kill, okay, mm-hmm. you're not trying to stop a guy from getting a shot. If you can do that, great. You know, you're throwing your body in front of the puck, cool, absolutely. But when you're short a guy and it's five on four, what you're doing is you're taking away passing lanes. You play the guy close enough that you can get your stick out and disrupt disrupt passes, which is why so often on the penalty kill, you see that diamond formation. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to take away passing lanes because if this guy is shooting from the outside, if he's shooting from, you know, near the blue line and there aren't a lot of bodies in front of your goalie, the goalie's is going to stop it almost every single time. Unless it takes a weird bounce, that goalie is going to square up. He's going to know that puck's coming and he's just going to make himself as big as possible. And he'll have time to track the puck as it comes in, even at 80 miles an hour. Um, he can flash the leather and catch it in his glove. So, uh, that's the same thing with what you're trying to do with clogging up neutral ice. If the Rangers can force the devils to dump the puck and then chase it, um, and they can litter the ice basically with bodies, that's a, you know, that's taking away the devil's speed game. Cause then they just, they can't enter the zone at speed. They can't just pass it to one another and then just chase after the 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 net so
1: um,
0: i don't know does that does that kind of answer your question
1: but a follow-up a follow-up to that oh
0: really sorry really quickly and be physical if you're hitting the devils if you're being physical because that's been a question it's one of the reasons the devils really wanted timo meyer because he's a bigger guy um if you can, if you can use your physicality and you can throw your body weight around a little bit, it's going to slow other guys down. So because the the speed guys are, are they're playing a finesse game, so be a little bit more physical. You're going to see, I think, you know, I think one of the guys who's going to get the most ice time for the Rangers is going to be Keandre Miller, and that's because that man has a monster reach. His oh, he's, he's okay. <laughs> so big, he's so big, and he's got he such got good ice. reach that he's extremely disruptive when he's on the ice, and that's the kind of guy you you want to. Get a stick in there, do poke checks, and go after the puck. Go ahead, Joe.
1: Okay, so now you, you I, I, I completely follow that. But in, in most sports, you know, whether it's defense and offense, if you if you put all your guys in center ice, clog, if you clog up center ice, do you leave yourself vulnerable anywhere else on the ice? Is, is there- yeah,
0: I mean, again, if the, if if players get past you, you don't want them getting past you. What you're what you're trying to do is you're trying to clog up the middle so that the Devils mm-hmm. have to dump the puck into your offensive zone once they dump the puck, then you can go back into your own end and you can chase after it. And okay. you, and also, don't forget that, like, you have a guy back there. Shostarkin will just go behind the net and play the puck. All right. Right? So you're trying to get it to a point where, like, you know, they're not – the Devils are not getting – they're either not coming in on breakaway high danger chances – and they're not able to get set up very easily. Like every time the puck goes in the offensive zone, Shisterkin gets it to somebody who then gets it out of the offensive zone. So the devils yeah. have to set up all over again. Okay.
1: All right.
0: Good. Yeah. That's why that's why I don't I think the devils so um the devils right now bah, 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 Let's see. So they are I need to give me one second. I need to track their um, their overtime record here. I'm trying to figure out where where I can best see that. But basically they have they only have eight overtime losses. Uh that's actually I mean that's nearly they're they're tied for okay. Yeah, so they're like sixth in the league on overtime losses. And a lot of those come in the shootout for them. Uh, but in overtime, that's where the devils are really dangerous because they're only they're only six guys total on the ice you know, aside mm-hmm. from the goalies, there's so much open ice. Good luck stopping Jack Hughes and Nico. He's and Timo Meyer and, and, and Dawson Mercer's another one. Um, good luck stopping all of them. And so that's why when it goes to like teams are going to want, I think, especially in the playoffs where the shootout shootouts are not a thing, right? You just play overtime until somebody wins. Um, if the devils can win that first face off and, and they often, they often have, if they can win the first face off, the other team has to be really concerned because it's hard to take away the devil's speed when you've only got three guys on the ice.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Now you had said earlier, um, and I think this is a, I think, I, I think this is a fair assumption that um, how Sorokin is playing so well. Uh, he's, 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 is he a shoo-in for the Vezina trophy? I,
0: I mean, I think so. I think there are a number of things that you, you look at when you're deciding on the Vezina trophy, but I, I, and there, I'm sure there are a couple of guys out there that it's like, mm, no, it'd be nice for him to get a nod, but unlike some of the other awards, where you really, uh, like, for example, the, um, oh, uh, the not the Norris Trophy. Um, give me one second here. Uh, duh, 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 duh. The NHL awards. What am I thinking of? Not the heart because the heart is MVP, and we know that's going to Connor McDavid. I think it's the Calder the Calder. Let me double check that real fast. I don't
1: even know what that is.
0: <laughs> that's why I'm going to check right now. Uh the Calder Memorial Trophy. No, that's the that's basically the rookie um rookie award which which could go in a couple of different ways, but I'm going to I'm going to find the name of it, but there's a trophy that goes to the offensive the the forward who who is the best defensive player, which is kind of a weird thing to think about, but that's but that's what it is. Um is it the, the Selkie? Yeah, the Selkie. It's an annual award given to the forward who best excels in the defensive aspects of the game. Okay, but how do you how do you determine that? And that one you end up up in the air of like, okay, well, are you looking at the guy who who uh, has the most takeaways? Uh, do you have are you talking about the guy who blocks the most shots well no not entirely because some guys who block the shots that's great for them and they and they're they're excelling in the defensive game but then there are other guys who don't block any shots and the reason they don't block shots is because they stop plays before they become shots but, so like yeah. you know there are a lot of gray areas the vesna I don't think it's the same way um it's the goalkeeper judge to the best at this position, and it's voted on by the general managers of the NHL clubs um, I think he's all but a shoe in based on the way that he's played all season, the way he's carried his team. Um, it's been pretty bonkers, so I I would go so far as to call him a shoe in.
1: Cool. All right. Well, I've heard yeah. you say this, and I've heard other people who, who are much more versed in the game than I am that uh, entering the playoffs, if you've got a goalie who's hot, that's that's just you know, that's it's huge. It's huge, and I I equate that to uh. Uh, a closer in baseball, obviously Mariano Rivera, right? Uh, and I equate that to a kicker, I and mean, I'm thinking the first one that comes to mind is Adam Vinatieri.
0: Sure, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: so I think you know it's um, it is amazing how sometimes you play these entire seasons. Um, uh, baseball, you play with 26 men uh, for 40 man roster. I don't know what the, I don't know what the compliment is for hockey. Football is over 50, but it sometimes it just comes down to one guy. Right in the playoffs, and that I find incredible and fascinating. And I think, and when we get to baseball later, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of try to bring this back and say why I think the Mets are in big trouble because they don't have one guy for the entire year that could make it very difficult for the Mets to go far in the playoffs, this year. right? So, uh, but I just wanted to get that in, and, and I, I think, um, you know, I I, I think I, thank I do it again in public. Thank you for getting me back into this sport. And I just, I just, yeah. it's amazing to watch these goalies. It's just the incredible reflexes. I don't know how, well, they got eyes in the back of their head. Their peripheral vision must, and how do they even have that with those, those yeah. helmets on? It's just amazing to watch these guys just lay their entire body out. You know, put it's like, it's like j- diving in front of a bus, a Greyhound bus or something or a Mack truck. Why would you do that? You know, they all say, right, well, right. Well, I'm gonna let your uh, your boys go up to be cowboys. Well, don't let your boys go up to be goalies either, man.
0: That's, no, it's it's and and all goalies are just they, they they're weird because they have to be every single well, one of them.
1: Well, they've got to be fearless, obviously. It's, I, 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 in sport, I think it's the most fearless position in professional sport is, is yeah. being a hockey goalie.
0: Yeah, and no, just, it's
1: – I just have tremendous respect for these guys and yeah. these women because you've been telling me about the women too. So yeah,
0: no, there are there are some really really. Good players. Actually, women's world is going on right now. Um, so yeah, and then one more thing I would say is definitely the Islanders are in an interesting spot. I think uh, the Islanders. It'll depend on where they land, and mm-hmm. if it, obviously they have to make the playoffs, but it'll depend on where they land. I think there. This is going to be a very feast or famine situation. I think if they line up against Boston, they're in a lot of trouble. Um. Ooh. I think that's going to be most teams, but I think they're going to be in a lot yeah. of trouble because they're not going to be able to rattle Boston. But because they'll they'll have to play mistake-free hockey. I mean they have a chance, but they'll have to play mistake-free hockey and they're going to need to bury every puck possible and then Sorokin's going to have to withstand the onslaught from Boston. It's going to be tough, especially against uh Olmark and Swayman. I mean Boston doesn't care who's in net, they're happy with both goalies. But <laughs> if the Islanders face Carolina, that could actually work out really, really well for them because the Hurricanes have had a really tough time solving good goalies. In fact, you see Soros, the uh, the goalie for the Predators, he saved 96 of 99 shots the Carolina put up against him over two games. Wow. Just It's wow. just bonkers. 96 of 99 shots the Carolina put on him. And three of those goals came in one game. The other game, Soros blanked the Hurricanes. So... If the Islanders are facing Carolina and they've had that much trouble with a goalie, who again, Soros is is a great goalie, but he's not Sorokin this season.
1: Mm-hmm. If the
0: Islanders get into the playoffs and they are facing off against Carolina, I really like the Islanders' odds to progress to the second round. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, so, uh, all of Nassau and Suffolk County will 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 we'll love hearing that.
0: Yeah. No, there's there's a lot there's a lot to look forward to here. Um, and then I'm not going to talk about the Western conference matchups just yet because, uh, nobody's locked into, they're all locked into, um, the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I should say seven of the eight teams, uh, that are going to be in the playoffs are locked in the playoffs, but, uh, seating is still a thing. Um, and so we don't know what those matchups are going to look like. So I'm not going to bother speculating. Um, so we have one locked matchup. We have one likely matchup and then we'll see what the Islanders do.
1: Very good. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so, going to be great.
0: Uh, anything I missed, Joe? Anything you were curious about? I think otherwise that's it for me oh, on hockey, I think.
1: One quick question uh, yeah. about about the coach, the uh, hockey coaches. Uh, we know um, in baseball, most people don't think that the manager is responsible. Maybe, maybe five games out of the year. It really, he, he pulls a guy out. He brings a guy from the bullpen. If the guy doesn't perform, you can't put that on the manager. But we hear a lot about in the NFL – and especially this past season with uh, uh, with um, Sala, the coach of uh, of uh, did I say his name correctly? Uh, the yeah. Coach of the, 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 the Jets. Yeah. Sala. He apparently has a problem with clock management, and that you know I think you need to have you need to be able to do that well. Is there anything akin to that for for a hockey coach? Is there oh, something sure. that he can screw up that can lose a team a game?
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, when do you pull your goalie if you're down? Um, how to use your timeout, how to use your coach's challenge. Coach's challenges are really, really tough because in the NHL, uh, with your coach's challenge, this is what happens. If there's a goal you've decided to, let's say the Devils are playing the Rangers and the Rangers score, Lindy Ruff, the coach of the Devils, decides that's not a goal. That was a a kicking motion. And Um, so he decides to challenge it. Now, if it's overturned, there's no goal. Great, we're thrilled. mm -hmm. But if it's not overturned, the goal stands and then that's assessed as a bench minor penalty. So now the Rangers have scored a goal and they're now on the power play.
1: Wow. That's a, that's a bigger. It's re- uh, it is.
0: Yeah. It's there's
1: There'll be, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's really, I mean, it's nothing like the NFL where if you challenge, yeah, you don't want to lose the challenge, but it's not like you get delay right, of you- game penalty, lose five yards, which even that five yards, nothing compared to a whole two minute power play and excuse me, the most dangerous time in hockey, the time at which a puck is most likely to go into the back of the net on either side, on either end of the ice is in the first 30 seconds after a goal. So you've given up a goal and now you're giving your opponent a power play at at exactly the moment when a puck is more statistically more likely to find the back of the net. Um, So there are definitely things a coach can screw up. Also coaches sometimes will, uh, there are punitive measures in hockey when a hockey player screws up his assignments or something like that, coaches will bench them. Um, they'll limit their play time. They also have to shuffle lines and they come up with line matchups. Um, so you know, think of it as akin to a baseball manager. Um, well, yeah, a baseball manager putting in a, a what's a bad a bad combination if you're looking at if you're looking at if you've got if you've got a left-handed batter. Um, who do you not want to throw in there? It's it's a right-handed pitcher, right? Or do you want? A I don't
1: want to, I don't want to throw a right-hander who's who's throwing junk. I want somebody who's going to come in there. If if I, if I can't get a lefty and a lefty uh, a lefty on lefty late in the game, and I'm bringing in a right-hander, I want somebody who's who's who can throw a fastball by somebody, or at least has a really good changeup. Otherwise, uh, uh, you know, if you bring in, that's why I'm worried about the Mets with David Robinson. We'll get to that in a few mm. minutes. I don't want somebody who's going to hang a curveball in that spot.
0: That's it's a similar situation uh, because the the coach decides who who goes in, which lines go in, and um and you know you can easily screw that up. I think you can put in a line that that is either out of its depth or it's gassed or you're asking too much of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of things a coach can can screw up to screw up a game. Absolutely. Okay.
1: All right. That's a thank you, Chris. That was very educational. Yeah, man. Okay.
0: Yeah. Cool. So, all right, Joe.
1: Okay. A little bit of baseball here? A little bit of baseball. Well, I'm going to start with uh, – to, to bring this – to tie this up with what I uh, was saying about um, injuries or, you know, uh, losing – the Mets losing somebody. The Mets lost Edwin Diaz, their closer, who last year had one of the best uh, seasons a closer has ever had in, in the history of the game. Uh, he was hurt in the WBC, uh, which is very well, by the way, uh, on, uh, in TV ratings, and uh, people loved it, and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's here to stay, you know. Hardcore baseball fan, oh, I can't have my guy. And you know, the Mets fans would win sense that their guy got hurt during the WBC. But he's out for the season. And um, again, the closer right now is 35 year old ex Yankee, ex Philly, ex whatever, uh, David Robertson. he's a junk ball pitcher. I don't want a junk ball pitcher coming out of the bullpen when I have a one run lead to protect. I want some you know, so I'm a little worried about the Mets in that sense. Uh, also, the Mets have lost uh, Justin Verlander until at least the end of May, possibly. We don't know what's going on there, but he's 40 years old. Yeah. A year out from Tommy John surgery. Um, gigantic injuries. The uh, Trevor Story of the Red Sox out, uh, out for the season. Altuve, that little bastard, out until uh, June. <laughs> the Astros, Gavin Lux, the starting second, the starting, uh, uh, second baseman for the Dodgers, out for the season. Jose Quintana of the Mets, out till July. Carlos Rodon, who got $162 million from the Yankees. We don't know when he's coming back. Maybe May. Reese Hos- Hoskins, the first baseman of the Phillies, out for the season. Bryce Harper, hurt again. Uh, had Tommy John, maybe May, maybe June. So, the, you know, you, this changes the landscape of, of, the, of the power rankings in, in, in MLB because these are big, big names. But the right. biggest one, I think, is Edwin Diaz. Um,
0: Yeah, boss, you know, that,
1: celebrating. That's, it's tough to replace a closer of that magnitude. Of the, uh, you know, uh, he he's the best. He's the best closer in baseball. The last two years, he, no way. There's no way around it. So let's see what happens there. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. The injuries, yeah, um, and it affects all. It's you know, it, it affects all teams. Also, Chris, right now as I'm looking at the baseball standings. We have the Tampa Bay Rays seven and zero. Haven't lost a game yet. Uh, leading the American League uh, East, and their combined their, their total payroll is seventy eight million dollars. That is about five or six million dollars short of Verlander and Scherzer's combined salary for the year. Of wow, <laughs> it's incredible. Every year the Rays find pitchers. They find guys that, to to plug in at a, at a position uh it's just it's just amazing uh they let go of joey wendell and they find this guy wells to play shortstop and he's he's like ozzie smith that's short it's just amazing what this they they are they are the best run obviously the best run organization in baseball and one of the best run organizations in professional sport so i got to give them their props to the to the uh, tampa bay rays um and uh so and now chris um the the new rules i have some observations of the new
0: yeah rules. yeah please
1: uh, you know about the pitch clock, or they want to call it the pitch timer. Uh, right. Um, so um, what I've seen uh, with the with the pitch clock, it, it's uh, right now it's about twenty to twenty five minutes. The games are shorter. Okay, that's that's good. You know, so we're not going to have these three and a half hour games anymore. They're just under three hours, or just barely over three hours. Mm-hmm. But we we'll have seen there. There, I can't even begin to. Uh, enunciate all the permutations of the violations that that are happening right now, but some are really ridiculous. Um, A game last week, Pete, Pete Alonso is two out. He's, he's on first. He's running on every pitch because it's a full count in the batter. On the third foul ball, he, he kind of like saunters back to first base. And that causes a pitch clock violation. uh, 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 um, uh, I should say a, a, a batter violation. And Jeff McNeil is already, already, um, uh, one strike in the hole because Peter Alonso didn't get back to first base quick enough. I think that's kind of stupid. So okay. I, I think they are going to work these things out before we get to the playoffs. But we are seeing more what this has done. The bigger bases, obviously, uh, you know, you've got to deliver the pitch within 15 seconds with nobody on base, 20 seconds with somebody in base. And you can only throw over the first base twice. If you don't get the guy in the third throw, third throw over, it's a book. He goes down to second base. So, right. Stolen bases are up over ninety percent.
0: Oh uh, wow! Already?
1: Yes, I mean, and the completion—it's—it's it's, the completion is also in the nineties. So guys are running with reckless Abandoned again. I like it. It's part of the game. I wish we could get bunting back in the game, but that, that might be the last thing that comes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we've got that going on right now. So that's that's uh, 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 something I like about the new pitch clock, pitch timer, and the other thing is, Chris, the shift is effectively gone. So now Anthony Rizzo. Who, uh, before he has two strikes on him, he's a pull hitter, especially in Yankee Stadium with the short porch. In uh, years past, there would be three men on the um, uh, on the on the, um, the right side of the infield, on the right side of, of, of uh, second base, mm-hmm. and and there be and they, they you could pull your left fielder and put him out in short right field in that what they call that martini glass uh, defense, and it's tough to get a ball through. That has not you can't that's you can't do that anymore. Uh, okay. So, Left, I think we're going to see left-handed averages go up, uh, especially with guys like that. Apparently, Joey Gallo is doing very well with the Twins. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's constantly hitting it to the shift when he was with the Yankees. So we're seeing some byproduct of that already. And something we are talking about um, off-air before uh, was the um, the new schedule, with the travel. Now you play... Right, right. Right. For instance, the Yankees are only going to play the Rays 13 times this year instead of... Uh, 19 times
0: wow yeah so that's that's a a real big difference
1: yeah because the yankees got to go out to la or they got to go to uh milwaukee or they got to go to uh pittsburgh and i think because teams are we have this parity now in baseball and teams are playing you just can't beat up on the teams in your division anymore especially if you're the the guardians beating up on everybody in the american league central because the rest of the central sucks right So uh, the Gardens are going to go the gonna have to play the Dodgers. The They're going to have to play the Brewers. They're going to have to play the Mets. So I don't, I don't think we're going to see these 100-game seasons, win seasons anymore. I think it's going to be in the mid-'90s for the best team. I could be wrong, but uh, – and plus, there's more travel involved, and that wears on these guys, especially when you get to the dog's day, dog days of August. Right. So um, baseball uh, – this is a big year for baseball. This is a watershed year as far as these new rules – and I uh, will there be unintended consequences? Of course. I think they will work them out before the playoffs come. You do not want to see a playoff game end on a pitch clock violation or a bad.
0: Right, clock. right. Yeah, that would be terrible. That would be, I mean, at that point, you're looking at sort of like what happened in the Super Bowl this year, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Chris. I completely forgot about that. Exactly. So uh, that's where we stand with uh, all the rule changes. I believe I enumerated uh, all of them. Yeah. Um, as far as our, the hometown teams go, so far uh, the Yankees are missing uh, uh, three of their starters. Montos is out for the year. We have Rodon on the on the shelf, along with Severino. He's hurt every year. Severino, it's just he's just injury prone. Yeah, Mets have lost Verlander for a couple of months. Quintana until July, and um, I think something's wrong with Carrasco. I don't know if he's pitching today or tomorrow, but I think he's lost the foot off his fastball. Okay. Uh, I'm watching very closely. So uh, injuries have uh, – and the Yankees lost their center, starting center fielder, Harrison Bader, until possibly uh, May or June. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, and, of course, the uh, the new uh, $260, $360 million man, Aaron Judge, is playing center field and doing it very well because the guy is just a – he's a gamer. He's an amazing baseball player. Uh, new York is blessed to have two of the best players in the game playing here. We have Aaron Judge in the Bronx and Pete Alonso in Queens – Right. These, guys, these guys are just great to watch. They're fun to watch. They're, they're gamers. They're leaders. And they put they can put an entire team on their back for weeks at a time. So uh, that's where we stand with New York baseball um, and, and the game in general. I do have a few things about my other favorite sport. The, uh, I, I do
0: want to get to it. One quick update, ahead. live update here. Connor McDavid scored. He got his 150th ah. point of the season. Wow. He is just the 6th NHL player to do it and he's the first one to do it since 95-96.
1: Wow. That's a Yeah. So
0: Christ. it's again when we talk about Connor McDavid winning the Hart Trophy, it's just it's just not even close. Um so he's at 150 points and the next closest guy is going to be Leon Draisaitl who's absolutely no slouch with 123 points. And then Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning at uh one hundred and eight points. Oof. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's you know, again. Anyway, live updates.
1: Hey, there you go, there you go. Just like a real sports guest. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I'm sorry, go ahead, Joe.
1: No, I was gonna get to the PBA. Um Please. My- Favorite sport? Professional bowling. I know Arco's laughing right now if he's listening. <laughs> 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 what do you mean they're throw with two hands? That's good. Yeah. That's good. It's always it's always
0: worth getting getting laughs out of Arco. That's always very rewarding.
1: Well, when he saw Jason Belmonte, the greatest bowler probably of all time, surpassing uh, uh, you know uh, Dick Weber, uh, throw with two hands, he was like, "What the hell is that?" Well, Jason Belmonte won. The uh, tournament champions this year for his 31st PBA title and his 15th major win. Uh, the next closest major uh, is uh, is Pete uh, Pete Weber, son of Dick Weber, with 10. So Jason Belmonte, the two hand wonder from down under from uh, Australia, is is incredible. Um, you know, I it's if if this was a, a real sport, <laughs> he would be. Yeah, a, yeah. No, well, he would be uh, – uh, his face would be plastered all over. But people, people who follow the PBA know how know how good uh, Jason Belmonte really is. Right, right. And just last week, we had another uh, youngster. Well, Belmonte's in his mid-30s. But we had Anthony Simonson, 26 years old, win his fifth major.
0: He wow.
1: is the fastest professional bowler to win five majors, even surpassing uh, what um, uh, Belmonte has done winning his majors. And Anthony won the uh, – USBC Masters, and uh, he's an amazing... He's a two-hander, like Belmonte, Mm -hmm. but um, he's a very aggressive player. He's kind of like a bad boy on the tour, which you need every once in a while. Uh Uh-huh. He gets in trouble for saying things. You know, some of these things are live and those four little words come out. You you hit him during baseball games or football games. You hit him during the bowling match. So, but but Anthony's fun to watch and... uh, Uh, in in the off season, he, um, he owns a uh, bowling alley and he's working. He's a mechanic. (laughs) He's working the the machine. Hopefully he doesn't get his hands caught. God forbid. So so he's a, he's a, he's a blue collar, uh, bowler. Who's, um, you know, who's making it, uh, who's striking it, uh, striking it rich. So good for Anthony.
0: Yeah, that's great. get,
1: Get that in about the PBA. So that's, um, oh, Chris. The NBA.
0: Yep. Got to they're mention. I was going to remind you, but you got there, Joe. You got it.
1: Thank you. Uh, the Knicks are going to – the Knicks have made the playoffs, and they're playing very good basketball. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, um, I, I don't know who they're going to be playing in the first round, but the Knicks could go deep in the playoffs. And even the Brooklyn Nets, yeah, you know, they finally got rid of the two biggest prima donnas in professional sport and Durant and Kyrie. And uh, young, they played younger guys, and the team started playing well, and they made the playoffs. Good for the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn, my hometown. Go Nets, go Knicks, uh, but more importantly, go Rangers.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, they're you know don't don't sleep on them, but but I, I do think they enter this series as an underdog.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, did. I, I agree with that, and 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 so do obviously the, the, the Nets and, and and the Knicks. But it's, it's uh, somebody said this is the first time, I think, in 29 seasons, all five, and they call it winter sport teams, the Nets, the Knicks, the Rangers, uh, the Devils, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, the Islanders will have made the postseason. It hasn't yeah. happened in a long time in New York.
0: Well, yeah, well, uh, it, it has, yeah, I don't, I don't know the, uh, I don't know the last time all three made it. I'll have to look that up. That'll be an interesting little tidbit, but yeah, uh, yeah Godspeed Isles. Let's see if you can pull it off and yeah. uh, I'm sure we'll have more updates for you, sports fans.
1: Oh yes, we will. You know, the desk is littered with paper and uh, and uh, 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 what you would call the tablets, and you grab whatever else we get our information from.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, you know, I really, I really only think that we need to worry about ourselves if we end up with monster energy drinks on there. I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> then, I think then there there should be cause for concern, folks. Until then, it's just the usual kind of chaos around here.
1: I can't even drink coffee.
0: <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. I I I drank one monster. I had a sip of a monster and i hated it so if there are ever monster cans on our desk like worry about joe and i we are not okay
1: we will be okay that, <laughs> that is definitely for sure chris that is for sure
0: anything you think we missed joe or does that about wrap us up for I today think,
1: i think we uh we're wrapped up for the day yes
0: that is amazing we covered a ton of ground in only 48 minutes way to go joe a
1: true sports sports short. try to say that five times fast without stopping.
0: right <laughs> Thank you, as always, for your insight and your thoughtfulness, and uh, just your camaraderie, Joe. I always, I always enjoyed chatting with you. But, uh, but I know that everybody who's listening can always uh, feel your feel your warmth, and that's one of the things we always loved about Main Condition was, uh, you know, a nice a nice warm hearth uh, to to come and talk sports and and comics and TV around. So, thank you,
1: thank you, Chris, thank you. You're you're very kind. Thank you, and ah. your knowledge. of of the NHL is impeccable.
0: That's all I can say. Well, I do like faking until I make it, so here we are. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, sports fans, for listening to us. As always, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram or whatever it is you do on Instagram. Um, (laughs) Subscribe. We'd love to know who's listening, when, how much. We want to know what episodes you like, what you don't like. Um, So – you know, engage in the Facebook group. We're doing our best to, to keep up with everything and work around our bonkers schedules these days. But uh, we love you. We're grateful for you. Uh, recommend us to friends so that maybe they too can enjoy uh, the the warmth uh, that we exude on this podcast. That is so uh, so reminiscent of, of what it was like to be at Mink Condition. Um, so I know we usually mention this, but probably not often enough. Um, just a quick shout out to the people who made that possible. Uh, Joan and John Gross, obviously, with starting the condition, Richie Garofalo and his lovely, wonderful family, without yeah. whom this wouldn't have been possible. And of course you, Joe, continuing that tradition um, for for, you know, a refuge for so many of us. So thank you to everybody who made made this podcast possible by making that store possible. So with that, we're gonna sign off and we'll see you next time, sports fans.